keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome everybody to Wrestle Roasts and the roast of Dusty Rhodes. Uh, we're, uh, we're here, Robert is here, Scott is here, Mike Lawrence is here. How are you fellas doing? Robert, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm doing great. It's, uh, I'm looking forward to getting to talk about Dusty Rhodes. I think this will be a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, Scotty? Samesies. And Mike? Yeah, I mean, we have Dusty Rhodes uh, this episode and then Cornette this week. So it's really fun just spacing out the fat jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have any Cornette fat jokes yet, which is crazy. But Yeah, Dusty's so much fatter that I kind of just... <laughs> Even though, like, I think they're the same size, right? They're both no. like 300. No, Dusty's much bigger. Dusty I was think, much I think, bigger. I think Cornette's getting there. I think he's almost there. <laughs> well, no, he's lost a bunch of weight. He's hasn't lost he? weight, but yeah. back, there is one, and we'll talk about this. It, this is a plug for our uh, for our Patreon. We're doing the roast of Jim Cornette. It'll be out on Monday. Uh, we've been writing jokes this week, and we also will be reviewing the Dairy Queen incident. I watched a video. I don't know if you saw the Scott, Mike, or Robert, uh, where Jim was talking about the Dairy Queen incident, and he's wearing short shorts that are red and a tight red shirt, and you can just. You can see everything, you know. Is this his OnlyFans or something? Like, do you have to pay yeah. extra to watch this? Yeah, wait, yeah, wait, I mean, wait. He he bought his clothes from the Brock Anderson collection. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely a Caldor collection if Caldor was still in business. No, Cornette, right, now has a, Cornette now looks thin in the way that, like, someone who's sick looks thin. Like, he clearly, it's not like he was No, he looks like a fat guy who lost weight. He yeah. looks like a fat guy who lost weight. From, like, a tapeworm. I said that very personally. I was like, no, 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 Robert. You look like the fat guy that lost weight. Yeah, he was, um, at, or he was at Orange Theory. Well, thank you guys uh, for checking out our uh, Patreon this week. Our, pa- our patrons, we, uh, we uh, cast the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the da- WWE, AEW, and then various indie universes. It was a blast. Uh, Mike and Robert uh, knocked it out of the park. Next week we've got uh, Dustin Rhodes, my friend. Uh, so that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, that's Gold Dust, and then after that we're gonna have Kurt Angle, Lita, and Booker T. We got a big SummerSlam episode, the Roast of the Rock, on August twenty second. Uh, as far as Patreon, yeah, like I said, we're gonna be doing the Roast of Jim Cornette this Monday, um, July twelfth. We're gonna be off July nineteenth. Money in the Bank, which is actually, it looks like it's going to be a great show. It really does. I mean, so far we're going to get Edge and Roman Reigns, Kofi and Lashley, and Money in the Bank match. July 26th, we got No Mercy 2005. Robert was on the creative team, so we're going to get some insight there. August 2nd, the roast of Pilly Corgan. It's going to be our first wrestling and rock and roll roast. 
August 9th, we're off. August 16th, Wrestling's Dumbest Criminals. August 23rd, SummerSlam. August 30th, the roast of Vince Russo, bro, and the reverse battle royal at TNA. I've already uh, been sending, uh, I sent, I have to send it to you, Robert, but I, I sent Mike and Mike and Scott a uh, one of the worst promos that I've ever seen, which was Vince Russo and Tank Abbott coming into the ring where Vince Russo reveals that wrestling is fake and, but then like says Goldberg isn't a real tough guy. It is like everything Cornette hates. It, it, did you get a chance to see that promo, Scott and Mike? Oh, no. Oh man. It is, it is something else. So we're going to really be going, going for him on that. Also for our $10 tier um, this next week, instead of doing raw, um, because we're going to be, uh, we're not going to be reviewing dynamite on the regular show next week, just because we're recording early. So it's going to be more evergreen. Trust me. It's going to be a, it's going to be a great show next week. Uh, I'm, I'm dropping something at the end that we're going to be doing next week, but, um, for our something to sports entertainment with, which is our $10 tier, we are, it's the episode's going to be released next Friday. And we're going to be, uh, reviewing segment by segment, AEW's road rager and nxt's great american bash we're going to decide who had the best show they both look like you know fun varying degrees of fun on that show i mean i look i can't get that excited for a qt marshall strap match but who knows uh and uh we're gonna have shirts coming up very soon so robert will keep us updated on that thank you everyone who tuned into something to sports entertainment with and rob patillo who uh Shared some insight on the China Vice Versa documentary. Check out his stuff online. Man, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up this summer, guys. I'm excited. And I'm gonna I'm gonna announce who I who I want our next roast to be after Booker T. Oh, are you uh, gonna do that next week or now? Let's do it right now. Oh, Mike gets shit. one Emmy good. nomination, and he suddenly he thinks he's running the oh, show. Oh yeah, congratulations, Mike. Mike got nominated. Uh, right. Mike, 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 Mike Lawrence was this just is, uh, nominated. For an Emmy for the Independent Spirit Awards. Uh, yeah, daytime, mom. That means <laughs> that means Christ, that just take I, the win. Yeah. In but in, in WWE fashion, if I win, I will show up with my Emmy on the broadcast, and you will all judge me for it. <laughs> 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 um, no, I, I think uh, they are doing a WWE icons on this guy, and we are still in the summer. Uh, patriotic summer lex luger oh i'm pumped about this one cyborg himself will be after booker t the the narcissist nice once we're not talking about the comedians on this podcast and 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 if you've seen what he looks like it feels like we should do it now (laughs) (laughs) let's get it in now this one's not an evergreen roast we're shooting a wheelchair bound fish in a barrel well, yeah. I just, I literally just watched Lex Luger on Pawn Stars and I didn't even know we were doing this roast. So that gives you an idea where my life is. How much and, did he go for? for? Robert, <laughs> Robert, I think that was inaccurate. Fish are able to flip around in a barrel. That's fair. <laughs> Do we have anybody after Lex, Mike, or is that? Um, that's it for now. Okay. Will, will right. Lex be the next victim of the New Jack curse? <laughs> like it's, it's our equivalent of a Madden cover. Oh, yeah, guys, God. if we make fun of you and you have years of drug addiction, you might die. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, by the way, uh, any time for me then, folks. Anytime- <laughs> uh, it, we're looking at the seconds, the, the, the seconds, not, not the minutes. All right. I, uh, I fucked up that. But let's get to the <laughs> let's get to the bright side of the ring this week. Dusty Rhodes 
like every week, there's a lot to talk about. Dusty Rhodes, the living legend. Let's start out with Robert. What He's do you like about dead. Spoiler. No longer living legend. Uh, Robert, what do you like about Dusty Rhodes? Breaking news there. Uh, look, <laughs> Dusty Rhodes is a, a bona fide creative genius. Uh, without him, we wouldn't have war games. You wouldn't have Starcade. His promos are iconic i mean the the hard times promo that that mike uh, aped last week is one of those things that transcended wrestling and was known by people across the board espn has talked about it athletes have talked about it it was that important of a, a cultural touchstone moment uh he had the kind of charisma that comes along once in a generation despite not having the the world's best wrestling physique i'm being polite it's bright side of the ring he worked for every wrestling company there was and in some way shape or form he made that company better uh i was very fortunate to get to work with dusty i remember the day that he got hired i was super excited that i'm like this is really cool i get to work with uh with dusty Rhodes. uh the first time i met him i'm sitting at a table Someone comes up behind me and starts rubbing my shoulders. I have no idea who the fuck it is. I don't know what's going on. It's weird. And he goes, someday you're going to tell your grandchildren you got a back rub from the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> and that is how I met Dusty Rhodes. And working with him was awesome. I got the good and the bad of the creative genius. Some of his ideas, which I'll probably talk about at some point later, uh, were a little out there. But I owe him for my, my single greatest contribution to pro wrestling was coming up with the uh the mr kennedy mic drop which dusty was the first person to hear that pitch absolutely loved it and backed it to vince and that's what got that put on television so i owe a tremendous amount to the american dream dusty Rhodes. shout out to yeah. Anderson, I mean, the mic drop the as in the move itself or the mic coming down the microphone coming down from the ceiling talking oh, about adding yeah. that as as part of his yeah. entrance yeah and... robert's athleticism he came up with the move himself <laughs> oh, that uh, fucking that rule like that was, was great awesome. it was that great. Oh, it was the yeah. best yeah uh scott what do you love about dusty uh i like everything about dusty even i i've heard things about oh when he was booker these negative things happened. And then I've tried to watch clips about it and everybody complaining about him is incoherent or too miserable for me to continue watching. So I just don't give a shit uh, what they have to say. I think, yeah, I think Robert's right. He's creative genius in terms of the storylines he, he came up with uh, finishes, you know, the dusty finish, um, the promos. I do. I kept going, is he the greatest promo in my head? And then I go, I don't know if he's the greatest promo, but I do think he's better than Austin, so he might be the greatest promo. He's he's yeah, very mean, good, he's, and he's in it the was conversation, Austin. you know. Like, I mean, I think him, Austin, Flair are all like it's all in that conversation for sure. What I mean by that is there's there's clips on YouTube, three hour you know montages of Dusty Road promos, and they're all awesome. Like, okay, yeah, they're not hard times in the sense that they've been quoted for years, but they were all fucking great. Uh, I don't know who else can say that. Maybe what Funk? Not, not a, Funk. I mean, like Funk has my favorite promos. Like, but I think Dusty's more consistent than Funk. Funk also has some crazy ass. I'm reading Terry Funk's book now, and it is just the the ravings of a madman. I mean, the the <laughs> guy is just completely unhinged. He like has a whole chapter about how he used to piss on Jackie Gleason's toilet seat, and he'd be like, and then I'd watch the show every night and be like, you sat in my piss. 
You know, he's he's just Wait, like who is this? Terry Funk, man. He had a pet. Uh, he had a pet skunk as a kid. I mean, he's a Huckleberry Finn character. Yeah, yeah. But that's for another bright side. But also, you know, I think I think he's the perfect opponent for Ric Flair in terms of characters. Uh, I think that's actually why I like his promos better than Flair's because there is this person going. I mean, Dusty had always just gotten his ass kicked. Like his promos are all like, "You fucking got me this time, but I'm gonna get you next time." He's like holding the back of his head. That's all of his promos is 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 him on his way up, you know, which is fun to watch he's a great pro i i do think i like austin flares better but you know I, anybody who would say that dusty's the greatest you can't argue that mike what do you what do you think about dusty Rhodes? yeah i mean i think that he he is professional wrestling in a lot of ways in the sense that he could only succeed in professional wrestling you know there's a lot of other wrestlers that you can imagine doing this thing or that thing and dusty like it was charisma you know it is it, like that shit is memorable like you know they put him in wwf and they did try to make him look stupid with the polka dots it's, and it fucking worked it was awesome you know the guy was able to make everything work um you believed in his stuff i mean i remember when he passed away i never seen it before but the you know and hard times is great and i mean the truth is like you guys are kind of alluding to it he did a lot of that type of promo that's just the one that we kind of preserved in history but the one that really sticks out to me if you never seen it is the view never changes and it's the one that it's him and dustin and i think like 94 and he's talking about how um he's like failed as a father but like he wants uh dustin to be his tag partner to take on like arn anderson i forgot the other guy but he's like arn anderson i showed you love and you repaid me in scorn and it's just fucking awesome and at the end of it he's like all i need is a hug and kiss from you to seal the deal sonny and him and dustin hug and the fucking crowd loses it because it's believable, you know, like the dude was able to work everywhere and make you want to pay to see him. And there are, yeah, there's a bajillion guys now who could do 50 minute matches and all this work rate shit, but Dusty made you fucking care. You know, he made you want to see the matches. He made you want to, you know, yeah. Like Scott said, he got his ass kicked all the time. That was so that you then pay to see him get his revenge. You know, I mean, the fact that the dude was, yeah, massive in Florida, in Crockett's, in, you know, I think he wrestled in Vince Sr.'s territory with, like, Bruno and shit like that. I mean, so just, like, the, the long legacy, the tag team with Dick Murdoch, like, it's just a, such a long career. Um, the fact that his sons are really talented, I think, says something about him also. When you look at, like, <laughs> all of the... <laughs> uh guns out there and stuff that or even know, like michael jordan's son you know <laughs> yeah you know but like the legacy that 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 those guys are living i mean the fact that you know we did cody we're doing dusty and next week we're doing you know dustin it's like you can't do that with that many families 
No, you can I mean, Bruno tried with David San Martino. It failed. Obviously, Eric Watts was a failure. Brock Anderson was a failure. Um, All right. We don't know about Brock just yet. I'm relaxed. You're going to get your Tony Khan money. Um, I do want to say real (laughs) quick, just an underrated thing with Dusty was he was actually really good on commentary in WCW, and he made the most important moment in WCW history, Bash at the Beach 96, when Hogan turned feel important it was one of the rare times bobby heenan dropped the ball a little bit on the way he played that but bobby Dusty's yeah bobby out- totally dropped the ball on that. but and and i, well, I bobby the jaw so you know yes it but it's for him it's one of those things where dusty sold this as a a truly shocking moment and it was one of those times when on commentary he was the conduit for the audience and he doesn't get enough credit for some of the work he did on commentary and I want to say, too, that, you know, Robert, when you were saying, like, pitching all these weird ideas and stuff, it's like, wrestling needs that. And for every idea that probably bombed, there was one that was successful and just and, and unique in a way. Like, you look at, like, WrestleMania and Howard Finkel's like, well, I knew there was Beatlemania, so I put the word mania next to wrestle. It's like, where the fuck does Stockade come from? Like, I don't know, but it sounds fucking cool. <laughs> And war games, you know, all these like unique things, and and the dusty finish. I mean, yeah, I think that it gets attributed to him because he did it the most. But it's not like he created DQ finishes and shit like that. And also, you know, it was invented before they were doing weekly television, right? So this was a, a, an invention that that made them all so much money, all of these territories that would have champions fight local guys and this and that, and you'd have a dusty finish so you could kind of get your guy to leave while also putting over another guy, right? I'm right about that, right? And then when it started happening on TV, it just got consistent and people got sick of it. And and the last thing I want to say is that it's like, it's, you know, we always talk about like looking like a star and he doesn't. I mean, he looks like a jobber, but the second that he comes out there and you feel the presence and he starts talking, he's a star. He's able to convince you that he's a fucking star. And that, to me, like, guys like him, Piper, who I feel is similar in that way, uh, that's that's really impressive, I think. Yeah, I'll go through my notes really quick on Dusty Rhodes. Uh, you know, obviously his contributions to NXT and, you know, his work with Kevin Owens, FTR, Becky Lynch, the Dusty Classic. I realized there was this horrible angle that they did with Big Show and the Authority when they like were cooling off of Daniel Bryan and then they went back to Daniel Bryan. The only bright part of that angle is this promo that Dusty gives to Big Show, which is wonderful. And it's like kind of this like like sh- like shining diamond in a sea of turds. Uh, it, 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 the, 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 the whole program immediately goes back to being awful but that one segment when when big show punches him out is awesome uh he was a great baseball player apparently he could have gone pro 37 year marriage which is which is pretty unheard of in in wrestling um this is from uh, espn uh uh about the hard times probo in just over three minutes Rhodes fully encapsulated every ounce of his charm by endearing himself to blue-collar mid-America. He was, he was the Bruce Springsteen of wrestling. Uh, just bare, uh, bare facts, accolades here. NWA United States champion, uh, NWA world heavyweight champion, a three-time TV champion, two-time six-man tag team champion, two-time tag champion, 
uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Wrestler of the Year in 1978 and 1979, WWE Hall of Fame, and the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. This guy, I mean, you don't get much bigger than Dusty Rhodes, and yes, that was our first fat joke. Uh, <laughs> anybody else want to say something Say something nice about Dusty before we uh, before we uh, pig roast him. Well, you know, I met him when I was a kid. I met I met Dusty and uh, Mick Foley and Jerry Lawler, and I was a, a WWF kid, and I had no idea who Dusty was, and I didn't ask for his autograph, and he said hi to me, and I just kind of went eh, and then got Mick Foley's autograph. You know, <laughs> I regret it, but yeah. yeah I was gonna do. say. Um... When I did like the 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 hard times promo last week and, and the CM Punk promo, you basically like you could go on like a lyrics page that just has them transcribed word for word. And when you read the, the punk promo makes sense and is really great just reading it. Hard times is not. <laughs> it only works because of his performance. There's like rambly shit in there that we've never questioned, like you know, there were two men and one of them died and one of them's John Wayne. And like, there's a bunch of shit in there that's just like weird. It kind of ends on when he's just like, love you. But do, but do you, you know watch. that he died on the same day as John Wayne? I mean, obviously different years, but the same uh, day of the year. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know wow. that, but that's but good booking. Saying, like, June 11th or something. Of, I forget. It's kind of repetitive. And, you know, like the punk one has a much stronger narrative and everything. But then you watch it and it's just you're just fucking like mesmerized. Yeah, because he's kind of like Bob Dylan in that the content doesn't matter as much as the person who's delivering it. If someone covers a wait, Dylan song, you're like about Bob. Wait, Bob Dylan has some amazing lyrics and sometimes it's well, the greatest lyricist of all time. Yeah. He's the greatest lyricist of all time. But there's some of his lyrics that are a little you don't know what he's saying. But because it's Dylan, you just don't question it. It just works because of that. If someone were to cover a Bob Dylan song, it would sound kind of like gibberish. You need the artist combined uh, on with Heaven's the content. Well, Jimi Hendrix, like when you cover a Bob Dylan song, it, it lets people know how good it is because it sound because it's not it doesn't have his gravelly ass voice, you know. Well, to like to Robert's point. Wait, we got to stop for a second. Wyatt. Is that an AEW rep? Did you pay six hundred dollars for an AEW title, Scott? Dan, do you think I have six hundred fucking dollars? <laughs> I don't know. The what, Patreon's what, blowing what up. That's a seventeen dollar Walmart one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I just got the line, uh, the light shining on it, right? You know, <laughs> intentional. Anybody walks in, hey guys, if we want to immediately walk out. Do <laughs> impressions. We could just watch NWA Power and realize it sucks. Like <laughs> Scott, when you're like, oh, when people cover Dylan, like, like. That's what LA LA Knight is trying to do, like that dusty style, that 80s style. You know, that's all power is out, outside of when Kingston was there. And it just doesn't work in the same way if you are imitating it. Like Dusty wasn't imitating, he was just being himself. Well, let's start out with the roast of Dusty Rhodes. We're gonna do reverse order from last week since Zach isn't here this week. Mike, you wanna start us out? Yeah. Dusty Rhodes, he was the American dream in Vince McMahon's personal nightmare. A fat guy with self-esteem. <laughs> he really stood out and made you believe that not all wrestlers take steroids. <laughs> Everything Vince threw at him, Dusty got over. Polka dots, Sapphire, Dustin. Well, 203 ain't bad. <laughs> There's a lot of flaws in his WWF theme song. He's just a common man. To who? 
working hard with his hands. Actually, he usually works soft. He's just the common man. Now, again, who the fuck thinks this guy is common? Uh, he studied under Eddie Graham in Florida, who said Dusty was like a son to him, or at least the more talented, non-suicidal son he always wanted. <laughs> Some wrestlers are seen as ahead of their time, but Dusty could only belong in the exact time he did and nowhere else. A time when ugly people wanted to cheer someone that looked like them. Fucking glad that's over. <laughs> Dusty was able to unite both black people and white people into thinking, is he allowed to talk like that? <laughs> is Dusty Rhodes just a white guy doing a cringy impression of a black guy? Yes. But that was still counted as diversity back then. <laughs> Dusty never did do blackface because he'd always eat the paint thinking it was chocolate. When asked if he was offended by Dusty Rhodes mocking black mannerisms, Teddy Long said, I don't know. I was too busy being called the N-word by Ric Flair to notice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing Dusty stayed in pro wrestling. Only in pro wrestling could Dusty Rhodes be a world champion. Only in pro wrestling could Dusty Rhodes be seen as a creative genius. And only in pro wrestling could he be seen as a really great dad. Both your sons became wrestlers, and they both outlived you? That's impressive. Or as Fritz von Erich would say, fucking pussy. <laughs> he created War Games, The Shockmaster, and Cody Rhodes. Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> he was the son of a plumber, yet looks like the guy who comes to your house party and clogs the toilet. Son of a plumber? Hey, Jake's dad plugged a few leaky holes too, but he didn't brag about it. <laughs> he had a brilliant mind for wrestling and you could actually see it popping out through the creases in his forehead <laughs> Dusty Rhodes died in his late 60s from kidney failure his one regret that he didn't die from sickle sale <laughs> it was so sad when Dusty was pronounced dead and more shocking that the coroner didn't reverse the decision <laughs> that's it for me <laughs> Uh, uh, Mike Warritz, everybody. Uh, Robert Carpolis. Ah, fuck. <clears throat> Dusty Rhodes is the American dream. A fat guy who inexplicably became a pro athlete and a sex symbol. Dusty Rhodes has referred to himself as the second most recognizable athlete in the entire world. Tied for first is every actual pro athlete ever. <laughs> <laughs> Dusty Rhodes is the fattest person who wasn't willing to lay down. The only jobs Dusty was willing to do was a pizza delivery driver, a plumber, and anything else he'd see in the first five minutes of a hotel room porn. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes's balls have produced more WWE mid-carters than ECW. He is the Elvis of pro wrestling an out-of-shape Southerner who owes most of his career to stealing from Black culture and seemed destined to die on the toilet. <laughs> Dusty Rose is the least racist person who looks like he'd be super racist. In fact, he's Michael Hayes' favorite Black wrestler ever. <laughs> For Dusty Rhodes, the three-fifths compromise refers to how much of his pants he could get closed. <laughs> Midnight Rider is the nickname Dusty had for the girls he'd fuck after last call. <laughs> he has screwed more he, ah, he has screwed more Waffle House waitresses than minimum wage laws. <laughs> Vince McMahon put Dusty Rhodes in polka dots 
and they were the most interesting spots of Dusty's career. <laughs> the next time someone tells you Dusty Rhodes is a creative genius, remind him that he created the Shockmaster, which looks like a stormtrooper at a pride parade. <laughs> Dusty worked hard in NXT to mold the next generation of talent for Vince McMahon to squander. He was QT Marshall. If QT Marshall had talent or charisma or screen presence <laughs> or the ability to draw money. That's it for me. <laughs> Man, QT's going to be fucking pissed when he hears that. Scott Chaplin. All right, here we go. Dusty Rhodes looks like all of our grandmothers. <laughs> His promos make me miss my meemaw. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes wrestled so Bubba Sparks could rap. <laughs> He's an easy pick for wrestling's Mount Rushmore, but mainly because his face looks like a rock formation. People get mad at Vince for making him wear polka dots, but what about when Bischoff made him be the fat member of Insane Clown Posse? <laughs> the Nasty Boys debuted when Dusty's wife accidentally fed him after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Living Dusty looks like deceased Chris Farley. <laughs> People complain about his debut with the WWF, but I thought it was pretty cool how they put a leash on him and had him walk out with the British Bulldogs. <laughs> I still get chills thinking about when he stopped his truck and picked up a uh, hitchhiking Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Be sure to tell him Large Marge sent you, he said to NXT stars before they made their main roster debut. <laughs> Man, there goes my Francis joke. His brother-in-law... Mike, did you know his brother-in-law was Tugboat? Yeah. His brother-in-law was Tugboat, and Dusty's face is the shape of Thomas the Tank Engines. <laughs> Dusty and Polka Dots look like, looks like Winnie the Pooh conquered the bees. <laughs> He's the only wrestler whose 10 bell salute was with the Taco Bell sound effect. Was it scar tissue or is he the first person to have cellulite on his forehead? <laughs> Dusty Rhodes looks like Sloth ate Chunk. <laughs> He's the Babe Ruth of Baby Ruths. He's the only wrestler who didn't do steroids but got all the negative side effects of steroids. <laughs> In the Hard Times promo, when he brings up the story of people being told, hey, a computer took your place. He was talking about the ex-husband of Dave Meltzer's wife. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only person you could titty fuck with the small package. Is that a birthmark on his stomach? Or is he the first person to get a food stain on his skin? Uh, and finally, he talks like Foghorn Leghorn. It's like his gimmick is Foghorn Leghorn. Here, this was for the kids. Why did the chicken cross the roads? Why? Because the road stole his accent. <laughs> All right, kids. Have a good one. Scotty Chaps, Scotty Chaps. It's time to roast Dusty Rhodes from old DSG. Dusty Rhodes is what would happen if the water boy had a pimp. If you want to pay less than 500, that is, then the best I can do is an hour with a water man, not a water boy, if you will. That was actually just me reading Velveteen's DMs. Dusty is proof that those who can't do teach and those who can't book, keep booking. All this time, I thought a Dusty finish was when Bill Apter comes inside you. 
In WWE, he once played a pizza delivery man, which is now Braun Strowman's new gimmick. <laughs> he moved around to so many territories. You think he was booked by the Catholic Church? You know Dustin got Dusty's. <laughs> You know, Dustin got Dusty's jeans because they were covered in Thousand Island. One of the one of Dusty's greatest achievements was making Ric Flair look fit. This is for the kids. He's proof that you don't need to be in a certain mold to be a fantastic wrestler. You can be a Jello mold. <laughs> uh, he was the common man in the sense that, like other common men, he disowned his gay son. As a rib, Vince made Dusty dress as Jake Roberts' liver. <laughs> he was paired with Magnum TA in Mid-South where Dusty was known for his hot skin tags. Dusty looks like what would happen if Lou Pearlman got Justin Timberlake's haircut. <laughs> he looks like what would happen if Phil Spector had a bad reaction to shellfish. <laughs> Dusty's head was more cut up than Dustin's arms when he didn't hear I love you. Bruce Pritchard got the idea for polka dots <laughs> when counting the coins stuck to Dusty's back. The only moment more triumphant than Dusty winning the NWA title was Leo's mom going to the police station and what's eating Gilbert Grape. The <laughs> ultimate Dusty finish is your kidneys being unable to filter urine. Here's doing my <laughs> Dusty now. Hard times is putting on Spanx in a condo without central air. Hard times is using your titty meat to hide your last peppermint patty. Hard times is making love to your wife and halfway through realizing it's just a pair of panties around an obvious big beef and cheese. That's hard times, daddy. All right, folks. That was my uh, Dusty Rhodes act out. And that was the roast of Dusty Rhodes. That was a fun one, guys. Let's move on to show and hell. The Dusty parking lot attack. I thought this was fantastic. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, who are listening to this, this is the greatest parking lot beat down in history uh tell me a better one i, I don't know a better one uh dusty saying oh, naked. Oh, oh, oh i know one uh, sean one. michaels and the marines <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say teddy hart uh, and cm punk <laughs> <laughs> uh, whoever got to the best joke for who's her brody i <laughs> <laughs> was a shower right um Maybe Puerto Rico, they probably share it outside. Who knows? Well, <laughs> Dusty saying make it good. Uh, that's a normal guy acting extraordinary, which is like, I don't know. It's very John McClane. Like when he says make it good before he gets hit in the arm. It's it's just so great. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just really love this. What, what did you think of this, Mike? The, the make it good just made me feel like that was him being a booker. <laughs> you only got five minutes to do this angle in the parking lot so make it look good Ole mm-hmm. um, Ole is the fucking like toughest looking dude ever like he really I know he's been lost to history because he called like Linda the C word or whatever and so he'll never be in the hall of fame and he'll never get an action figure you don't really hear him talked about but what do you, you think that's Vince going he can read my mind don't let him anywhere near me <laughs> <laughs> I also like that Mike thinks there's kids out there that are clamoring for an Ole Anderson action figure. Dude, yeah. dude, how great would an Ole Anderson Hall of Fame speech be? It would just be like him just running down everybody. You're cool. You're cool. Fuck you. You're cool. It, it would. It would just. It would just be the hillbilly gym speech, but the whole place is set on fire. At the end. <laughs> um, 
No, but he there's just something about like old school wrestler tough where yeah, he's not like the most muscular, but he looks like the dude you wouldn't want to fuck with. Like there's something believable about him and and maybe it's cuz I know a little less about him than uh JJ Dillon and and Arn and Tolly, but he's fucking intimidating in this. It just it just looks like white trash sopranos. JJ uh, Dillon is like the original money mark, you know? Yeah. Um but yeah, the, this was awesome. I mean, this was all about making you want to pay to see the pay-per-view. Because right, this I think this was before Starcade 85, and then he's going to – I think this was around the time of Hard Times and all that. So then you want to see uh, Dust, how Dusty's going to get out of it and beat Flair. I mean, it's fucking rules. Scott, what did you think of this? I loved it. Uh, I, I saw it years ago, and I loved it then. It, it was the first time this had happened, too, right? I, 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 this is how I, I was I, As far as I know, context. yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we could be correcting on that. Well, yeah, actually, man, uh, in, at, in Oregon, there was a... Uh... Just, just badass. Well, we'll just... The Patreon Listen, motherfuckers, it happened in 1753 <laughs> when, goddamn... <laughs> Jedediah! <laughs> Abraham it's, it's Lincoln just... did this fucking angle. <laughs> yeah, he paid it off, though. <laughs> the uh the road warriors angle too uh dusty was really good at making these moments where you go you just care your heart breaks for a person and you want to see him get his comeuppance you know and this was just one of those moments i think yeah, he might also be the best because at of, like his shape and the way he looks you're not sure he's gonna be okay because it's like <laughs> they are just beating up a fat guy <laughs> yeah yeah robert uh what did you think of this I, I couldn't love this more if you try. Um, everything about this, for those of you who, who didn't see this, the setup for it is is James J. Dillon's in studio doing an interview talking about how frustrated he is that Dusty attacked Tully Blanchard and that the NWA officials didn't do anything. So he did, and he goes, cut to you go to the videotape. Unlike in current wrestling, where there's an invisible floating camera that just appears out of nowhere, the story here was J.J. Dillon hires a camera guy who doesn't know why he's there, and he keeps yelling at him to film everything that's going on, like documentary style. So you miss parts of it because the guy's getting out of the car. It doesn't look clean. It, it looks natural. The scariest part of this whole thing is they're doing a kind of high-speed chase on the road, but it's a legitimate shoot road. It's not like they closed this off and this was a set and this is WWE. This is some hillbilly little road in like North Carolina where they're just gunning it 60 miles an hour and you see them trying to not have other cars cut them off. And that makes this so much more dangerous. And the fact that they freeze the, the camera for a second, they make it look like a glitch so you don't actually see the arm shot. Chris Jericho take notes on this. You can do a cool looking angle and not show something really dumb. Uh, Dusty came across looking like a badass. The horsemen looked like cowards. Hey but Jericho's menacing. listening right now. He told oh. us he was listening to everyone who criticized that uh, <laughs> that blood and guts match. But Robert, week. you're just one more WWE diva that's not going to get a job at AEW. <laughs> yeah, Shotzi Blackheart and I have uh, have to look somewhere else uh, for this. But is that this, who said it? Was it Shotzi? It was Shotzi and Shayna Baszler. Shotzi oh. Blackheart did a video. It was and it's really funny. It's her falling backwards onto her bed. And then Shayna Baszler said something like, you know, in Game of Thrones, we know it's not real, but if the special effects sucked, we would have hated it. 
And it's a, that's a valid point. But well, that's, you better that's watch not... his mouth around Shayna. Shayna. Shayna will make that guy squeal. And, and he'll, she'll possess him now based on what's going on with the Alexa Bliss story. But oh, right. the, the Dusty Ang, it just, it worked. And the fact that nobody knew what was coming, it's like, I have this tape and we're playing it. So you as the audience are watching it at the same time as the NWA officials. So there's that shock, which kind of goes away the second that they has a Chiron at the bottom that asks, you know, is this all, you know, is this the end of Dusty? So it does kind of take away a little bit of the suspense of this is live uh, that we're first seeing it, but don't worry, we have graphics ready just in case. But it was uh, it was cool and it was, it was dangerous. And that was what made it fun. It was like you could be attacked as a wrestler outside of the confines of the arena. Well, let's keep on, Robert. Uh, we got a message from our fine sponsors at Manscaped. Robert? Guys, I hate to break it to you, but the Attitude Era is over in pro wrestling. No. And now it's... And now it's over when it comes to men's below-the-belt grooming. The days of getting color and cursing when you're trying to shave your balls is a thing of the past with the Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. We may be four hairy dicks, but thanks to the Lawnmower 4.0, we're smoother than a Ricky Steamboat arm drag. And if you got that reference, chances are you need all the help you can get in the bedroom. <laughs> this trimmer allows you to customize your shaving levels from one to four. So you can take your parts unknown from an A-train to a stone cold. That's right. Your balls are moving to the main event. And because you listen to Wrestle Roasts, we're going to save you 20% off plus free shipping with promo code ROAST20 at manscaped.com. Again, that promo code is ROAST20. And as always, after you use it, be sure to send a photo of the finished product to at Scott underscore Chaplin on Twitter. <laughs> And now there's just dead air. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, I just, I, for some reason, I saw Scott's camera freeze for a second and his, uh, his eyes just glare down. Um, <laughs> let's get to... Can you hear me? What? Yeah, yeah we can hear you. Oh, okay, okay. We can hear you My, my computer's being slow, that's all. Keeps oh, okay. freezing up. That's all. all right, let's get to Dynamite or Sizzle, folks. Uh, this is, we were reviewing the June 26th edition of Dynamite, the main event, Jungle Boy versus Kenny Omega. The next couple of weeks, we're not going to be doing, like I said before, uh, recaps on the show just because we're kind of recording at a weird time. But um, so, but, but hey, this was a great show. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Let's talk about the first tower. Powerhouse Hobbs versus Adam Hangman Page. Uh, Young Bucks and uh, the uh, the Brandon Cutler promo, which may have been my favorite thing of the night. The Co Co Conan Tully segment, Andrade and Vicky interrupting Seidel and Dante Martin, who had a nice match. Mark Sterling and Jade Cargill and an MJF promo uh, with Wardlow that was interrupted by a uh, chair-wielding Sammy. Scott, what did you think about this first hour? I remembered loving it, I think. Uh yeah, it was, I, I thought it was really good. I, I liked everything you mentioned. Uh, all the backstage stuff really hit hard. The Jade Cargo thing really worked for me. The Bucks thing worked for me. The Hangman match was really good. They're, they missed the, uh, you know, a camera shot of that. What was it? It was a spine buster, right? Uh, that they only got like the last part of it, which kind of irritated me. But that's so nitpicky. I thought it was a really fun first hour. Yeah, I thought my favorite moment actually was Tony leaving during the uh, beatdown, I think, of uh, of Conan. It's the most casual, oh, yeah, I'm not doing this shit. It's, 
like if you rewatch it, it's it's a blast. Uh, Robert, Mike, what did you guys think of this first hour? Um, I I think that uh, I, I tweeted this that uh, Conan looks like something that totally used to lick to get high. Uh, <laughs> I thought he looked like a CVS loss prevention officer. <laughs> Yeah, except he's the loss. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, no, it was kind of fun. You know, it was interesting though because like, I thought that they did a good job. But one, like, you introduced Conan as like this comedy DJ character like a few weeks ago, and now I'm supposed to take him seriously. No, then, he's Conan. I also think. Let me let me finish, Scott. You know, you'll, you'll have plenty of chances to defend AEW today. Um, I also think that it's not needed because that package last week between FTR and Proud and Powerful was enough. Like, you sold me. I don't think that this added anything to the feud, really, to be honest with you. It was a nice, like, filler segment, and people got to pop for Conan. Um, The one thing I'll really say is uh, Brandon Cutler has gone to the top of the pile in the sycophants who work at AEW. He is the best friend of the friends uh, there. They use him perfectly. The face mask is punchable. He was great. He was great in that promo. Um, yeah. I don't want to see him in matches uh, that much or at all, but this role of just him being this doofus is is awesome, um, where I don't have to like even pretend to take him seriously. I even think Nakazawa's gotten a lot better, too. Um, it's just, you know, that one EVP's friend, uh, you know, but anyways, let's move on. <laughs> Robert, uh, Team Nakazawa or uh, Team Brandon Cutler? Uh, I'm still going to go Nakazawa. I, I think the fact that that guy uh, ha- has, has gotten that laptop over is, uh, is fantastic. And I think his is way more of a shoot than Brandon Cutler. Um, I liked Hobbs and Page. Again, I like Page getting these little spotlight matches because we know where they're going with him and keeping him separate from Kenny and letting him build this little story works. They got to shit or get off the pot with the Brian Cage stuff, though, because it's continuing to make Taz look dumb. And I hate that because I really like Team Taz. The Young Bucks Cutler thing I thought was good. The Conan Tully stuff, I'm biased because I don't I don't get along with Conan that much. Um, I'm not a huge fan of him being part of this because Proud and Powerful tell their story so well on their own. Adding Conan to this when Conan really hasn't had an association with them in AEW again, does that thing where AEW expects you to have watched everything that's ever happened in wrestling and be like, hey, remember when Conan managed them in TNA like eight years ago? Well, guess what? Now he's here to do the talking for Wait, them. Did you, you and Conan used to argue at MLW? We, we uh, yeah, we didn't, we didn't get along. We had some differing opinions on things, uh, on, on certain philosophies, but that's, that's besides the point. Uh, I'm sure he's a very nice sleepy man. Uh, the Jade Cargill stuff works because they're using it to sell merchandise. And I love any time where they're finally getting the game of what's going on here, which is use your show to drive this to make a profit somewhere else. Uh, and then uh, I think that the Seidel Dante Martin match was part of the, the first hour. Yeah. I enjoyed the hell out of that match. Uh, this was the definition of a cold match that Vince would have hated, but these guys went out there and killed it. I think Dante Martin's really talented I've always been a Seidel fan. The biggest detraction I have is with Andrade, who they've presented as a star, Vicky is, is an anchor weighing him down. And I'm hoping this is short term and they can bring in Thea Trinidad or they can bring in somebody else. But having Vicky with Andrade 
is detracting from hire selena del renta or is that um wwe she's pretty good i don't know who i'll put this as a psa whichever company if it's AEW or wwe that hires selena you are she is worth her weight in gold she is an absolute killer as a talent and if they put her they put her with andrade and she's come a long way i filmed her first ever promo and when, I, when we started to shoot, I found out she had never done a promo before. She'd never done a scripted promo before. And English was not her first language. How did so that do? was, it was a bit of a slog, but we got there. It was about 45 minutes of taping. Mm-hmm. And she got so good so fast and picked up how to do this. She is an absolute superstar. And if AEW snapped her up, because uh, I know Mark Henry's a big fan of her. Holy shit. She's going to be someone in the wrestling industry is going to be talking about for a while. Um, and then there was the MJF Sammy stuff, which Max can't do really do wrong at a promo. It wasn't super memorable, but I like how they're making Sammy this kind of a badass, like quasi Steve Austin guy, where yeah. every time he comes out now, he seems dangerous as opposed to the comedy goof that they first debuted him with. Well, I like and him as it's, a comedy goof too, but yeah. I love him as a comedy goof, but they're they're treating him seriously in a way that kind of feels this is a bit of a a, a, a throwback for a lot of folks. When Brett left and they made Owen the black heart and he wore like the, the jacket, he kept coming out and attacking people. That's how Sammy feels now. And I really like that. Yeah. I, um, and also the, the, the online stuff has been great as far as uh, two, two, two tweets, both from each guy. Sammy, uh, Sammy just is like, uh, congrats on people looking forward to a match. You boring bitch about MJF. You like went after, what all the internet says about MJF and then MJF, this is the funniest thing that I've seen in Twitter. It was like some guy called some unfortunate man who was calling out MJF. <laughs> he's like, Jesus, do I have to forget about this photo? Yikes. It was like that man just goes there every time, but they're a blast to follow on social media. If you have, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, me and me and Scott were arguing about this uh, over the weekend. I thought the Martin inside L match was a waste of time. I thought that that should be on dark. Um, neither guy's a star. Neither guy's been presented as a star, and neither guy has a story. And then well, you have you to present them, them well, then, initially, yeah, but, and then you know, star shit happens. Wait, hold on. I never thought this was going to happen, but I'm going to defend AEW. Thank you. Um, this feels weird. I wasn't finished though. Let me just oh. finish my last point, which is when Andrade comes out at the beginning of their match, it makes them look even more insignificant. I thought that was like not good in terms of presentation so the one thing i liked about this is it's clear that seidel is going to be the first person they sacrifice to andrade so i like because we've always been critical of they build somebody up and like this guy is on a 13 match winning streak and we haven't seen him once so i'm glad they put matt seidel here and even if it was a cold match it made him and dante martin look good and the crowd who was just happy to be there chanting this is awesome elevated both of these guys so the fact that it it made them better after the match than before is the barometer of success and now when matt seidel gets slaughtered by andrade you kind of care a little bit more scott what were you saying well you have to now give them characters and stories and stuff yeah, well, no no you just remember the wwe stuff for them it works just fine scott what were you saying yeah no you're breaking up a little bit buddy pretty Scott's dial up. Either yeah, that or he's and, having and a Brody stroke. coming out. It, that's the idea. He was. Oh, okay. Scott, you're slow. Scott sounds like JR on commentary right Scott's now. Scott's logic and dial up is broken. 
<laughs> yes. You, do you want to try? You... Do you want to try re-entering? <laughs> okay, cool. He's giving me the thumbs up. Um, what ship we run here? Well, what's <laughs> all right, guys? Quick, what else did we like about this show? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into the. There wasn't hour. enough New Japan. All right, let's <laughs> get, guys, let's get to the second hour. Uh, Ethan Page versus Bear Bronson's balls. We get a Vicky Nyla promo because I guess we haven't seen enough of Vicky. Uh, the Bunny versus Chris Statlander. Yikes! A QT Marshall promo, which Mike, I want to, I want to, I want to touch base with you on that promo. A Brian Pillman promo and Eddie Kingston promo and Jungle Boy versus Kenny Omega, which um, was my favorite. You know, besides the uh, besides the Bucks promo, I, I thought it was a fantastic match. And uh, my favorite moment of the entire night was Kenny just gently playing with Jungle Boy's hair in the beginning of the match. It was just such a great, great heel spot. Uh, Mike, what did you think about uh, Mr. Marshall's latest addition to the promo canon? Oh, man. I here's, here's the problem. When we, like, reached out and, like, you know, talked about him on Twitter, like, I felt a little bad, and it's like, and he's not getting any better. And so now I just like, it used to be fun to shit on him. And now I just feel kind of sad. And like, I'm at the, please just go away stage with the guy. Like, because I don't feel like we could do much more with him in terms of like online mocking, you know, and we asked him to be on the show and he said no, because he has some dignity, but I feel like now it's like, it's, kind of like nearing like the series finale of QT Marshall like I, I just don't know where we go next with him and um, I definitely don't want to watch him talk or wrestle I know that much um, Robert what did you think about the second hour uh, Ethan Page and Bear Bronson was obviously a match of the year contender uh, really memorable dude he really totally hit his dick there huh that was just brutal to watch that was did painful. he hit his penis was that I I, I don't know. I didn't go back and like watch it frame by frame. It's not like there's a Pruder film that I, I really did. studied I watched this. It frame by frame. That sounds about right. Uh, yeah. The Chris Statlander Bunny match I, again. Uh, it was the 9:30 match. QT Marshall. Uh, the only great thing about him is because he obviously does listen to the show and love this show. Is he's now insisting that they pronounce his name as QT Marshall as opposed to <laughs> QT Marshall. They've worked it into the story. Like we we have transcended. It's now part of the story. Uh, good for Pillman on the little babyface uh, promo before before uh, Rusev uh, slaughters him. Um, and then the main event, Jungle Boy, Kenny Omega. It was good. It was a little diminished returns because we know what we're getting. This is the Ric Flair thing where he comes in and wrestles your local hero and makes him look great. Obviously, we knew Jungle Boy wasn't going to win. He looked good in the match. Jim Ross not knowing who Jungle Boy's mom was out of the three women in the front of the crowd was the highlight of the week. Uh, God bless you, Jim Ross. Keep doing commentary forever. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I dug that match. Um, and, you know, it wasn't a bad QT promo. To, it, was, it was fine. Uh, Scott, what do you think about the second He's still hour? not doing the show. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I love... <laughs> I didn't Buddy. love the second hour. What am I cut? I'm cutting out. Oh, we'll oh, try it again. It was for a second. A, a little oh. Chris Farley in the fan right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love the main event for sure. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought both guys got over. I think Jungle Boy's a star. Uh, the end. I think he's fighting Matt Seidel tonight. I mean, well, it's 
this comes out Friday, so it happened already. But yeah, Jungle Boy's moving on up, baby. Matt Seidel, let's go. Who's next? Find <laughs> out Monday on YouTube. Anna J, apparently, based on Twitter. Yeah, good for him, man. Yeah, man. Oh, and then you saw Kenny Omega. So Kenny Omega goes, oh, now we're going to have a bunch of people telling me that, you know, this is more important than titles. And that's a that's a little callback to uh, when he used to say Ibushi was more important to him than any title. Well, I'm sure Ibushi would love to jump ship at this point because I think uh, there are nine people in the Tokyo Dome waiting for the next. Yeah, show. I think any citizen of Japan would like to jump ship right now. Yeah. <laughs> really rough that's including right, well, that, scott's new japan corner this week that, that was great that, that was our review i, was of say, I thought like, that um yeah the main event was great i would have stacked this card more i mean now with these youtube shows like your main show can't feel like a youtube show and dude every match like was a, a good time that it whole show was like great a YouTube show uh, 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 okay I, I love that now your reception works Dumbass. <laughs> uh, no, Bear Bronson and Ethan Page and like Statlander. Chris Statlander and, like, and the Bunny. Were they bad matches? Yeah, they were meaningless. Yeah, matches. they weren't great. I mean, they were not bad matches. That Ethan Page match wasn't bad. And then you got the challenge to uh, Darby Allen. I really liked the promo afterwards. I mean, you and know, you got to get to know Ethan Page, something. and he did a great job. If they want him fighting Darby, you need to get to know him. And so he needs to be in a match against someone. Sorry, Michael. That's how having friends works. Everybody has to get a chance to become a star. (laughs) Everybody gets a chance to become a star at Tony Khan's pool party. Okay. (laughs) You don't just get to fucking get to this. Pool motherfucker. I I would assume you were being paid off by Tony Khan. Look, everybody gets a chance to to throw something at the dartboard. Is it going to hit? No. All right, you're starting to slow down What now. makes this 10 times funnier is the more angry you get, the worse your connection is. And we're having an argument with Max Headroom right now. It's, it's like literally hearing You want to know that because you were the only one at your Oh, my God. It's like literally hearing the girls stuck in the TV and poltergeist argue for AEW. I feel like I'm arguing with, like, an incel version of T-Pain right now. (laughs) You don't know about AEW. I don't know. All right, Scott, you want to try jumping off and back on again? Try calling back from the rotary phone next to your AEW replica belt. Yeah. It's in Jacksonville. (laughs) Take Ethan Page's thumb out of your ass. (laughs) oh man all right let's get to uh, our special fourth of july segment everybody uh and this my friend was john cena announcing the death of osama bin laden uh this was amazing also maybe uh maybe the crowd popped because they had just sat through a mismatch um the the biggest surprise for me is a this a professional wrestling crowd knowing what uh, the word compromised means. So um, my question for this promo, and then we'll get into our Twitter questions this week, um, was who would be uh, the worst person to deliver the news of the death of Osama bin Laden? And uh, I would go with Jackson Ryder, Riker. I think he would, I think it would be, that's a good start. That would be his speech. Um you know, uh, yeah, 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 who the fuck knows? But um, uh, what did you think about this promo, Michael Lawrence? Um, 
yeah, there's something. So I remember Oliver used to have a bit about this. Um, and just, yeah, like that this is what America feels like. Because the way that he says it, too, where like, you know, Cena will do that thing where he almost talks like a person, but not really. When he's like, we have caught and compromised to a permanent end. <laughs> it's so <laughs> fucking weird. Like, just say killed <laughs> at that point. Like, um, yeah, this was, I, yeah, I read that the match was, it was a, I think it was like a steel cage or a hell in a cell with the Miz and Morrison a triple threat and then this so yeah they were gonna pop for anything um <laughs> that, is, that is rough yeah um, you bring but, up that oliver story you know um I, I remember that bit it's a it's a great bit um but i, I went to go check out uh obama's announcement of the death and it is a weird it's a weird speech especially because you're so, so used to so many great Obama speeches. Uh, one of the lines in it, which is so weird, he goes, we took custody of his body. And I'm like, there's got to be a hundred other ways to say that. <laughs> Sounds like something from a Ben Watts tweet. <laughs> Robert, what do you think of this? Uh, in, cartoons, um, in cartoons in the 80s, they could never say like kill. So it would just be like, I will destroy you or hurt you to a way where you will no longer hurt he-man <laughs> thanks so kenny omega that was a great promo um <laughs> it's funny because yes kill is on the ban list of phrases for wwe so john cena was still being the company man you can't even celebrate the the death of bin laden for that audience uh it was great booking for a pay-per-view i remember watching this live and being absolutely blown away uh by that moment uh, as far as the worst person to deliver the uh, the news of Bin Laden would probably be Cody because he would wind up talking for about 40 minutes and do both sides of it because he's super like, well, you know, Bin Laden, pretty bad guy, but he's got some he's got some positive things, too. And, uh, you know, hell of a beard. Wish I wish I could grow that beard. But uh, now he's yeah. uh, now he's gone. His and dad then, was a hell of a construction foreman. His dad was right. He had a lot of brothers and sisters. I know what that's like trying to go for get the attention. Uh, I was Stardust. You blew up two towers. Same thing. Uh, and then they bring out QT Marshall, and uh, it would have been fantastic. But there's nothing, there's no better pro wrestling thing than getting to announce the death of Bin Laden and having him be John Cena. Scotty Caps. I, 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 was, I, was I was just going to quickly say that if you had qt marshall come out in a turban <laughs> and then he he's not covering up that hair but yeah i my my pick would be um i'm gonna go with the iron sheik yeah <laughs> they killed that motherfucker he's he great man ah dude i think that would be awesome honestly you're kind of <laughs> selling me on it Osama bin Laden. <laughs> I fuck you, Osama. I make you humble. Bin Laden like that Hulk Hogan. Scott, what did you uh, think of this? Well, I've always loved it. I think it's hilarious. Permanently compromised oh, no, is the perfect word. It's still. It's, I'm sorry, buddy. The connection is is no bueno this week. He's out. His internet has been compromised to a permanent end. <laughs> Scott's Wi-Fi has been compromised to a personal end. Uh, I'll do Scott's uh, high spot, all of AEW, his low spot. 
uh, hearing you badmouth AEW, Mr. Mike Lawrence. Uh, I'll go through my high spots, low spots. My high spot this week uh, was that photo of Vince McMahon with Dave Chappelle. Uh, partially just, I, it, it's just so wild to uh, think about him, like just, you know, cutting loose on a Saturday night. But then I kept thinking like, what if Vince decided to get in a stand-up for this? Like, what would his bits be like? You ever lose $50 million on your wife's Senate campaign? Women be shopping. You know, like, uh, it would be kind of amazing. Uh, I also really love the main events of both Raw and Dynamite, even though I I didn't really, I didn't like the whole riddle injury angle on Raw. I just, they've gone back to that well too many times. My low spot is the Bollywood boys being fired. I know that, you know, they were a gimmicky gimmick, but the only reason that Jinder Mahal's title run wasn't a utter disaster was, and a lot of people would argue and say it was an utter disaster, was the theme music and was those guys taking crazy bumps for Orton. They were a lot of fun. They made you forget about, you know, the weaknesses uh, that were in Jinder Mahal's wrestling game. And from all from all reports, I, I know guys who used to know him in Canada and Vancouver. I guess that's where they're from, but uh, great guys. So it was it was sad to see those guys go. Mike, what was your high spot and low spot this week? Yeah, that's a, they they were they were literally the best version of Reginald you could hope for. <laughs> those guys were. Hey, awesome. you butt your tongue. <laughs> so that's, 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 <laughs> I said it with my tongue bit. Um, I will say my high spot was um, seeing John Cena in, in uh, Fast Nine. Um, I thought I thought he was good. You know, I think that he's gonna between that and Suicide Squad, he's gonna have a great summer. Um, and uh, he scowls really well. If you want to see him stare at Vin Diesel and scowl, then it's a good movie. My uh, low spot would be um, finding out from ringside collectibles that my Luchasaurus will be coming two months late because they had less of an order than they thought they did. And so I have a Jungle Boy and no Luchasaurus. You know, actually hearing that story is my low spot. I want to change Bollywood (laughs) Boys to that. Robert, what was your high spot, low spot? So before I get to the high spot, low spot, there were a couple people I saw post this uh, question on Facebook they wanted me to ask because they posted the Vince McMahon, Dave Chappelle uh, show picture, and they were like, ask the guys what it would be like if you're doing a show and you see Vince in the crowd. Can I just first off uh, correct both of you? It's Donnell Rawlings is in the picture. No, I know Donnell Rawlings is in the picture. I'm saying it was a picture of him at the Dave Chappelle thing. Um. Okay, I'll go first. I well, here's the thing. Like he was at Foxwoods, that seats about two thousand people. No matter where he is, even in like you know, you can only see like the first few rows in a place like that. But his laugh, you would hear wherever, because I feel like he laughs during the setups. You know, like I mean. And also, let's just let's just take a guess here. He was there with R Truth and not Linda, right? I'm just taking a guess. <laughs> I think he was there with Stephanie and, and Triple H. Was he really? I think so, yeah. Oh wow. But just you know, doing and anything- could you imagine taking your wife out for for a dinner and then Vince McMahon is the third wheel? <laughs> but could you could you also imagine we're going like- to Buca de Beppo, right? God damn it, I love it. 
did you guys see that uh, special last year that Chappelle did eight minutes and 46 seconds? Yeah. Where he's, you know, and, and it's very like a lot of social commentary. It's really, really well done. I could imagine Vince laughing at that. Um, I could imagine <laughs> yeah, like yeah, Chappelle right. talking about injustice and, you know, and just Vince going, ha ha, that does happen. <laughs> Dude, how fucking, how, how like, how shitty of a day did those writers have on Monday? Because you just saw two hours of Chappelle, like the best comedian in the world, crushing it. You know, he got there and he's like, why isn't this as good as Chappelle? That was his first, that was definitely his first note that day. And can we also just admit what probably happened was after letting um, Kenise Mobley go, he was like, we got to find another one. And then to Foxwoods. <laughs> <laughs> to Foxwoods, yeah. You know he offered Chappelle a job. On the right. Well, I mean, and Darnell Rawlings took that shot. Um, what, uh, b- before uh, before we get to the high spot, low spot, Mike of Robert, Mike, do you want to uh, read off the Twitterverse questions of the week, the Twitterverse responses? Uh, if uh, I will, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll cue those up. Let, let Robert do his high spot, low spot. All right, Robert, high spot, right. low spot. Uh, my high spot came from NXT, which Dan and I covered for something to sports entertainment with in the main event, seeing Isaiah Swerve Scott win the North American title. Um, I, I, I feel a great sense of pride in, in seeing that having worked with uh, the former Shane Strickland and MLW from day one, he was our first champion getting to see his improvement over time and the faith that WWE is putting in him, not only in the ring, he's having fantastic matches, his promos, which are scripted by him. These are not being scripted by, by writers and they're giving him that freedom and that chance to succeed. That's what NXT is about. And I'm really, um, I'm really excited for, for him. My, my low spot, which uh, it just got mentioned a, a couple seconds ago is, uh, is Kenise Mobley. And, and I just want to say something about that for a minute. Um, because it's something I genuinely do feel strongly about. Uh, she, she did a, a podcast uh, and did posts where she talked about getting hired by the WWE, despite having no product knowledge whatsoever, was shocked that, you know, she's like, I, you know, I'm, people who know me must be surprised that I'm working here. She talked about how she was on a, a date with someone said she was going to be working at WWE. And they're like, I can't believe you're working there. And she's like, well, they're paying me triple what I was making at my last job. Um, I this take a nonprofit. Work. So she was it was a nonprofit. I don't, I don't, work. that's fine. I, I don't want to hear any, it was an impact. It, it, no, it, it was, oh, that, that would explain why she has no product knowledge. Um, the way that she handled this, the way that she talked about what she was doing was a degree of disrespect that really as a former WWE employee, uh, set me off. And I feel there is no defense to what she did and how she did it. I think there is absolutely a place within the WWE and with, within wrestling of people who do not have product knowledge. If you are coming into wrestling, wrestling is the purest form of storytelling. It's something I've always said. It's something I said on my interview with Stephanie when I said, this is Shakespeare. This is Greek tragedy. This is you're in front of an audience. You're telling a morality. Play. You guys can't so, see this, but Robert, tears are coming down Robert's face. as he I, It may genuinely, I was having this conversation with another writer and I was legit like, this is, this is the most pissed you're ever going to hear me. I know I get fake pissed about AEW and I get fake pissed about, this legitimately was one of the most upsetting things I had seen because this was somebody who had zero respect for some, for a company that had hired her. You don't have to have product knowledge to be successful as a writer in the WWE. I know writers who have been there as recently as a few months ago who didn't have product knowledge and they still were successful, but they treated it with some degree of, 
of reverence, some degree of respect. Um, I think that there is a, a way to do this and a place to put this in there. Uh, and it was handled horribly by, the, by this individual who was thankfully rightfully let go by the company. Uh, I point to Michael Waldron, who's been working on, he's uh, the, the creator of the Loki TV show. He talked about in an interview with Vanity Fair, he did not grow up a devout comic book fan. He grew up a pro wrestling fan. He understood the narrative and storytelling of wrestling and was able to apply that to comics, but he still had reverence and respect for the intellectual property that he was working on. He didn't say, oh, I'm writing a show for, I don't know, Boki, Koki, Loki, whatever the hell it's called. He knew exactly what he was talking about. He had, he had an understanding of it and he treated it with some degree of reverence. And when someone gets hired for a job and has this much just lack of respect for where they're working, it winds up being a, a black eye in the entire industry. And it really sucks oh, because- God, I don't know. Come oh, on. I, I mean, Dan, you're going a little bit bald. No, no, I, I think it, no, it is- industry. You it made is, a better no, joke Dan, it is, that's, that's different. What, what happened here is this is somebody who went out and publicly talked about this and made the entire company look foolish for saying they're hiring people who don't care about the product or know anything about it and they're writing it. It happens all the time. That's It's fine to have writers who don't know about it. They don't go out there and publicly advertise it, not know the names of the talent that's on the show and expect that they're still going to be able to work there. Because when you're a talent that's there, you respect your craft of what you're doing. You're trying very hard at your job and now someone's showing up there who has no idea who you are and they're gonna come up with stuff for you. It's hard to take that person seriously. It was it was completely unprofessional the way that it was handled from beginning to end. And it, it, it is a black eye on the industry because or at least for the WWE because the blowback from this is a lot of articles out there that are talking about this is a huge gaping hole in how the WWE hires and, and what they're doing. And I think it's closing the door for them to now take a chance and hire somebody who doesn't have product knowledge, but has the ability to tell stories in a way that would make the show much more interesting. And I think that's what's really unfortunate about this. And I think this is going to pull them back and make them far more cautious about who they hire going forward, when I think it's great that they're hiring somebody that's a, a, a progressive hire of someone who doesn't necessarily know the product, but can bring an outsider view and make it better. Mike, what's the what's your counterpoint to this? Okay, um, Jesus Christ, I think that it's so overblown, Robert. I mean, I will say I do think that talking about your job while you're employed maybe isn't the smartest idea. But one, this is a company that doesn't even respect its own employees. That doesn't even give their own fucking wrestlers health insurance. So trying to put them in this like victim position, I will not accept. I think that's bullshit. I think the way that wrestling fans treated her and responded to her after the fact was disgusting. Um, you know, and that they take this personal insult and this black eye stuff. Are you are you are you kidding me? Like this isn't even in the top one hundred worst things that's happened. This is, if anything, on WWE for not um testing people's product knowledge and you know i don't think that in any way shape or form she deserves the amount of vitriol that she has gotten um i don't know her personally as a comedian but she is a comedian i've seen her sets i respect her i think she's really funny i think she could have added something i do think it i will agree that she made a mistake in 
but I've been hired for a bunch of shit that I don't know that much about. I've been hired for sports stuff, um, like real sports, and I don't know shit about that. And yeah, Mike it, was uh, the defensive uh, end for the Detroit Lions. It was a disastrous yeah, I, season, but know, I'm glad I've they gave him a shot. Roast and stuff like that, and I've had to just Wikipedia and basically, you know, fill in the blanks. And um, you know, and I could say that now, but yeah, is it smart to say that before the job is done? No. I think that um, maybe she got a little carried away, but I don't think like, here's, here's the thing that the most important thing is she's fine. She's going to be fine. Well, get that is a hundred percent true. That is, a, I mean, I texted you like, you know, her yeah. next job interview. It's like, Hey, what happened to the WWE thing? Oh, they yeah. fired me. Oh, cool. Yeah. So uh, oh, oh, you, you know what? She's going to get a job now. That's probably actually fucking guild that gives her health insurance. And <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean, like the, the employees there do get health insurance. The wrestlers have to buy their okay. own health insurance, but yeah, the, uh, there, the writers get uh, the, a really nice benefits package when they're working yeah, they, there. That, so that's good. not like people in the, in the kingdom do get, you know, if you work for the office there, you do get health insurance. That's not totally yeah. accurate. It's just the people who take the bumps. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like like we said before, that that for me is a debate. I mean, there's half wrestlers would say let's have a union and half wouldn't. So it's like, that's that's for me. It's like truly is like what do the wrestlers think? I, I'm just gonna step in. I, I'm kind of in the middle of both of you guys. I, I here's my my ultimate opinion. Here's my like thing is like, you know, like. I, I've been prepped for every job interview I've, I've ever had. If I, if it's a writing job, like to, to the nines, you know, even if I hate the thing, you know, like I'll, 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 I mean, for Christ's sakes, I had an iCarly interview and I watched half of the iCarly episodes. Didn't get it, uh, but I watched half of the iCarly episodes. And now you're on a watch list. And now I'm on a watch <laughs> list. Exactly. Not only did I not get the job, but the FBI is, is checking out where I am. Um, but she got fired. So that's it, you know, like, you know, like, it's like, all right, she got fired, she made a mistake, you know, like it, honestly, it's going to mean nothing in the long term of her comedy career. She's probably going to get a way better job after this. And, uh, you know, like, I do not agree. It's like, I do not agree with the double down on the online bullying shit at all. Like if you're, if look, if you, she, she, she had a consequence, she got, she lost her job. So it's like, so that should be where it ends. Like it shouldn't then be, constant attacks by you know a bunch of neck beards like and, oh, I, and i completely agree i think that's that's ridiculous and that's deplorable and i will say i did reach out to her after this happened and said look you're going to get a lot of flack uh from people that's going to be unfair it's going to be over the top personal attacks on you and i think that part of it is wrong i think where my anger regardless of who the individual is comes from is somebody getting hired to go in there and a creative end when there's people who who are talented who want to have that opportunity to work there and they treat it with such just they were it was it was flippant it was it was borderline disrespectful on a product that people who do like it feel very passionate about and and i think i, I texted this to you guys when it happened it's like somebody getting hired for the sopranos who's never watched an episode when it, it was the most one of the most revered shows of all time and you're talking about not knowing who the characters are and not understanding it and being like well, yeah i don't know where they hired Robert, me. i mean i love wrestling and i love the sopranos I, I don't know if there's much daylight between the sopranos I'm talking about it as a, it, yeah but it's it's still a creative writing job i'm just using this as an example of someone who's creating yeah, you don't want someone who's creating the yeah, you don't want someone who's creating the content you're watching to genuinely hate it. And I think that's that's part of the that's part of what comes from it or someone who doesn't know anything about it, um, which makes it difficult. And I talked to a couple of former writers about it. We've, we've had some conversations and the general feeling is 
you know, we, we do put you do put your your heart into what you're you're making there. And when someone comes in and and says this publicly, as opposed to privately behind doors, a lot of us had a lot of things to say when we were working there that were not the greatest thing in the world. But you're not going out there and, and publicly kicking this company of like, boy, I can't believe these idiots hired. I don't know me. if she was kicking it. She just said some dumb shit. I mean, I don't know if I would go. Yeah, like, she was being sillier than anything, yeah. I think. It was like, I mean, yeah, there was a bit of a flippant like feel to it, but it wasn't that angry. And I, I just think like the reason I'm bringing up the harassment and stuff is to me, I think that that makes wrestling look way worse than anything. When if you're an outsider and you participate in a thing and then the fans are so disgustingly mean that they just harass you, that makes wrestling look bad. Oh, yeah. And that happens in a lot of different, uh, you know, nerd culture, for lack of a better term. It happened in the Star Star Wars stuff with Marvel, with a lot of these where there's just this, this sense of entitlement to it where they feel like they can attack an individual on a personal level over stuff that's that's really deplorable. Well, but well here's another thing though as, as a comedian i just i'm very hesitant to fire anybody from what they say on a podcast like you're supposed when you're a comedian your first job is to try to be funny on the podcast and to and to throw so like in that sense too it's kind of understandable what she did she was being honest and she was trying to be she was trying to be funny like you know like you know like would i have prepped sure i would have but on on the same sense too it's like we live in such a fucking gotcha culture like you said this thing on this podcast four years ago and now i'm gonna ruin your fucking life like i don't like that when it's on the right i don't like that when it's on the left you know that that to me is just kind of like a deplorable aspect of social media um, but I, that, most, I guess it's a different conversation. The, the biggest shock to me is that someone who was an active writer for the company went on and did a podcast or an interview. You are essentially anonymous when you're working there. You're not talking about the creative process. It's not like any other media entity that there is. If you're writing for any other TV show, you're talking about writing for that show. WWE, as far as they're concerned, there's one voice, there's one person, it's Vince, and every writer is completely anonymous. For, so for somebody to first even go on a podcast and talk about where they're actively working as a writer for WWE is uncharted territory and is dangerous to begin with. And that was the, that was the first setup for disaster. And if they didn't tell her, don't do this, then that's on the company for letting her even go out there in the first place. Well, uh, just switching gears a little bit, uh, Scott's uh, internet's not working, but he did want to contribute as far as uh, which wrestler who would be the worst to announce bin Laden's death. Uh, Scott Hall, because everyone would just think he was drunk and lying. <laughs> the crowd would boo, which is totally true. Like, I could totally see. Uh, speaking of which, uh, high spot, nothing to do with wrestling. Donald Rumsfeld is dead. Um, let's um, let's uh, let's see if uh, I'll get I'll probably get canceled for my speech at the Rand Company later this evening. Um, Your CPAC Mike. spot just got blown up. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, my uh, red, I can't go on red eye anymore. Mike. Uh, is that yeah. still around? G- Greg, it's Greg Gutfield now. It's the Greg. And him and uh, Brodus Clay. There, Greg, there's Greg your political. I want to see uh, Greg, uh, Greg Gutfield dance with the Funkadactyls. That's that's what I want. <laughs> Somebody uh, call my mama and tell her not to have that abortion. Uh, <laughs> Mike. I'm okay. Uh, so uh, I, I like to think that we have positive fans here. You know, we, 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 we joke, we, we roast, we tease, but we don't actually uh 
hate anyone in wrestling. <laughs> as you as you say this, one of our fans is listening to this while breaking into QT's house. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, sorry, sorry. Studio apartment. Keep going. Yeah. Put the two and a half men T-shirt back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's not worth so this, it, man. This week's Twitter question: We had the uh, return of Edge. Uh, our producer Zach's favorite wrestler, uh, the return of Edge. And That's why so Zach's asked, not here today. He's still coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On this day, he comes clearly. Um, <laughs> but uh, I asked, what was Edge doing between the end of WrestleMania when he left and fr- this Friday, last Friday's SmackDown when he returned? So I'm going to read some of the answers. Uh, here we go. At Mextasy Studios, sitting alone on a park bench somewhere and wondering, you think you know me, but do I even know me? I love that one. Whoever did that, they had like a graphic with it. It was awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, some of these do have graphics. It's just hard on a visual, uh, non-visual podcast to explain some of those. Uh, at Nerdy Egg Roll, begging Christian to get Rebuy Sky's phone number. <laughs> This Rebbe, one did have Rebbe. a visual that I, I have to mention, which was a gif of Rambo saying, nothing is over. You don't just turn it off. At <laughs> <laughs> uh, SparkNATO781, the John McAfee diet. At Mark number seven, anxiously waiting for a new season of the critically acclaimed series, Haven. At Law is War 1, Colonial Village Tour Guide. At Tears for Beers, trying to get the 90s Stallone movie Copland remade under the title of Copeland. That's pretty bad. Don't use it. Uh, If anyone puts don't use it, we're using it. Um, (laughs) At A Santos 3421, chopping wood or playing with wood while listening to Steven Regal's He's a Man's Man theme over and over. At Youngie 54, Vicky Guerrero. At Terminal Franc, avoiding Christian like that friend who just got into multi-level marketing. Yeah, Christian, <laughs> I'll talk to you about AEW maybe next week. I've just been so busy lately. At UCD Jedi, trying to convince security he wasn't a hobo who snuck inside the Thunderdome. At Promographic Ken, being the musically inclined, in-shape, long-haired Canadian wrestling hero that Chris Jericho thinks he sees whenever he looks in the mirror. (laughs) At I am Ace One, measuring Beth Phoenix's neck inch by inch. At T Holly 15, filming new episodes of Tales from the Crypt Keeper. (laughs) At Belly Float, well, he has only been gone for two and a half months, so filming the next three Money Plane sequels. Yes. At 655... Uh, three, two, one, King. Watching SmackDown and heckling the TV, a la Statler and Waldorf. I'd rather take a Panama Sunrise from Adam Cole than listen to Pat McAfee on commentary for another minute. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Beth, did you finish cooking my chicken tenders yet? <laughs> At AJ Haller, I just assumed his WrestleMania 36 match with Randy Orton was still going. <laughs> At Black Emoji, donating testosterone to Beth Phoenix. <laughs> At David Stagron restacking the Legos that keep his neck in place. <laughs> and at Rapid Tapioca, not helping Christian on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got the best fans of the world. We uh, tell you guys about our episode next week. We're going to be doing the roast of gold dust, Dustin Rhodes, but it'll be all incarnations of uh, Dustin Rhodes. Uh, we're going to be doing the bright side, of course, for 
gold dust he's one of my he's probably my favorite roads honestly uh show and hell we're going to be uh, mike will be tweeting not just the question for next week but he will be uh tweeting the uh kink dust clip that we'll be watching when uh gold dust briefly had an s&m gimmick uh and he was dressed as like uh i don't know just a weirdo i guess uh <laughs> and uh grimix we're going to be doing black rain for seven um and uh, high spot low spot and hopefully i think this is going to happen for next week i'm just waiting here on my friend cal a very special edition of tales from the indies my friend cal i'll just say uh that he was sabu's personal driver for a weekend and he has the craziest wrestling story i've ever heard in my entire life so if it's not this week it'll be next week it's coming up soon hopefully it'll be next week uh until then please guys we're 4.5 stars out of five on itunes get it to five just just please five stars five stars please i know I just wait, wait, one, like of, one of those one star reviews is scott chaplin for me and robert's opinions <laughs> like uh leave a review five stars become a patron you, you guys heard about all the great shows that are coming up and uh yeah we really appreciate y'all uh y'all sticking with us mike yeah, uh, Mike Lawrence uh, comedy. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, and I will be uh, opening for Vince McMahon at the Greenwich uh, Comedy Club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robert Carpolis. We're up to four point seven on uh, on on iTunes. Are we? It's just I just 4. looked it up. Four point seven. Nice. No, we're 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 killing it. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at WW Creative underscore ish. Uh, if you have not uh, subscribed to the uh, the ten dollar Patreon tier, something to sports entertainment with, uh, I did a recap of Raw this week. Dan and I recapped NXT, and we had the uh, the interview with Rob from the China documentary. A lot of great extra content there. It's definitely worth you checking out. Also, make sure you join the uh, the Facebook group if you haven't yet. That's been a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, there's always interesting things that wind up getting posted there, which I uh, I, I really enjoy as well, and. Uh, since Zach's not here, who's going to tell us to wash our hands? Uh, certainly We're not this crew. You, and one of us is going to get the Delta variant. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, why the, we need a producer. The Delta variant sounds like the worst fucking Nitro gimmick ever. <laughs> or really the next movie like... Edge is going to be in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>